the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. It's a funny thing we have this illusion of this country united. We're not united. United States. Call it the extorted states. That's what it really is. And this idea that there is a democracy and a republic. It's the best intention. It's the way it was intended to be. It's the way it was. But what the reality is, is the fix is in. Diapers Biden spent the day. Going back to those fixers that put this dimwit, this corrupt bastard in office. That's just the fact. Didn't matter. None of it mattered. The corruption, the legacy, the evidence. You can never change the minds of those corrupted people. That's why I live my life as Democrat-free as humanly possible. Because if you have that ideology of a gangster, game's over. I can't reason with you. You're immune to facts. You're immune to right and wrong. You like wrong. There are those people. You've all heard them. That they say, ah, nothing tastes good as a sandwich you didn't pay for. Something about having something for nothing. These are people I don't want to get along with. Because I can't. They have no dignity, no integrity. This is the game of politics, unfortunately, right now in the year 2022. So to think that you're going to win over the people who like the fraud, who like the gangsterism, you can't. You simply cannot. This is something to admit. There is a Democrat. Now, this isn't a clip that a lot of people would play first, but it's the one I'm going to play first. There is a Democrat National Committee chairman. Now, these these bureaucrats, these Marxists are littered throughout the country and they the Republicans have them, too. They're the ones who seek the money from like Ken Griffin and could care less that the money's going to a Democrat. They don't care. They just want the skim on the money. The Democrats have perfected this game. His name is Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison is a true foot soldier in the Marxist mafia. So he was brought on, and with everything going on in the world, everything going on in the world, he brought up Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton is a senator who found it outrageous that we would have a Supreme Court justice who was there because of affirmative action. He also found it was outrageous that we would consider putting a Supreme Court justice on who was friendly to pedophiles and those traffickers in sex in, in child porn. So of all the things to talk about in politics today, he chose to talk about Tom Cotton. Now, he doesn't know Tom Cotton, but I want you to have an idea of the contempt the Democrat mafia member has for everyone who isn't in on it. It's a telling statement. It's a short clip. It shows you who this little... Uh 
maggot infested man is. Uh, he does not deserve to have that pen. He doesn't deserve to be in the United States Senate representing the good people of Arkansas. So this idea that we have a republic, do me a favor. You can only have that with us. The Marxist mafia has looked to corrupt and bastardize and rig that system. And that's how they win. They rig it. Now, do they w rig it the way we saw in the election night of 2020? Sometimes, sometimes with the same day registration, all the nonsense we rail about. But the problem isn't just that. The problem is they have a lot of members in their mafia. Joe Biden should be ripped out of office by every American who has integrity, who has honesty, who can read. Everybody can see what Joe Biden is. We've had the evidence of that everyone's now in the news about Hunter Biden. He's been doing that since before Hunter Biden was born. He's an Irish mafia gangster. And their mafia is politics. And how do they stay in power is because they corrupt the people, the citizens, the workforce. Not all workforce. Oh, no, no, no. They have their angle. And their angle is, a, is an entity, is a group that should never exist in this country. It is a Soviet system. The Worker Party Unite. That sloth organization that's made up of some good guys, but the good guys in it know I'm right. Because they're the ones who get shaken down by the fat-ass business agents. They're the ones who understand they have to kiss the right mafia figure's ass to get the job. They don't like it any more than I do. They're just willing to play in it. And for those 10% of union guys that are good guys, you understand exactly what I'm saying. But for the rest of the sloths, the ones who want mediocrity at extremely high wages, the ones who are more interested in days off and breaks, you're roaches. And you would have voted for Genghis Khan. So voting for this dimwit with dementia, this is no big deal. But the idea that you're going to come out and cheer about it, that's the part that fries me a little bit. Whoa! Joe, 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 pay off on that mafia, baby. Pay it off. Now, these are so-called the workers of this country. These are the ones who are dying from the futility in Bidenomics. These are the ones who are paying all the costs of inflation, whose gas prices are the same as yours. But they have the skim. They have the fraud. They're getting subsidized. And they're getting jobs they don't deserve. They're getting overpayment they haven't earned. These are the Ch Chicago, really, is the, where it was born. But these are the Union Worker Party Unite Mafia members. And they love this son of a dog. You better stop. I'll start believing it. Ooh. Please have a seat if you have one. It's good to be home. <laughs> you know, I look out there and uh, I see an awful lot of you who, uh, as they say uh, in uh, Claymont, Delaware, who brung me to the dance. And see, that's who put him in office. That's who supports him, the, the, the mafia who put him in and got the scum contracts, the one that's littered with two-bit gangsters from coast to coast, sea to shining sea, and they will vote Democrat regardless of the scum. In fact, this scumbag, particularly, all of the things that we hate about him, these are resume builders to the Democrat mafia. So this idea that you're going to sweep in 2022, I, don't underestimate the power of organized crime. And I, I, no, I really mean it. There is no exaggeration. I'd not be standing here 
without labor, without union, union labor. Yeah, right, because the, the workers that want to be competition, that want jobs on merit, you don't stand a chance in this organized crime family. You're a threat to the organized crime family because they're more interested on breaks, overtime, extremely high pay for very minimal work. They've destroyed major companies like the big three auto workers, manufacturers, manufacturing in this country. All of these problems of why we have, why, I don't know why, manufacturing and the steel industry, I have no idea why. This is why. Organized crime. Organized mafia labor. Folks. As we used to say when I was a senator, if you excuse the point of personal privilege, before I turn to my main remarks. Oh, shut up. Shut up. And he goes on to, 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 to justify the billions of dollars of payoffs to Ukraine. And, uh, and, and, and we'll ignore the fact of where the money's really going. It hasn't even been a year from where we're many. Me no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I hit the wrong clip. Forgive me. That's what unions are about, my view, about providing dignity and respect for people who bust their neck. That's why I created the White House Task Force on Worker Organization Empowerment to make sure the choice to join a union belongs to workers alone. And by the way... By the way, Amazon, here we come. That's big. That's big. It's big because when he says that workers alone, what he means is that workers who are not in the union will be extorted, will be intimidated, will be coerced, will be threatened to join that union in order to work. That's the scam. That's the one that keeps on giving. That's the problem we have in this country. And then he goes on to pretend he's sticking up for the little guy. So he goes on his speech about Ukraine. I'd like to have to briefly address the horrifying reports of the atrocities taking place in Ukraine. They are horrifying. They are horrifying. They were horrifying before the actual invasion, which is, in fact, horrifying as well. But that's what the Soviet nations did for hundreds of years. It's horrifying. But there's another problem that's horrifying. I still have real questions about all the billions of dollars that are funneling in, not to mention the weapons that are being used to blow up gas depots at the time of an emergency of climate change, supposedly. But what about all the money? So world leaders, powerful politicians, billionaires, celebrities, religious leaders, even drug dealers, all targeted for hiding their investments in mansions, exclusive beachfront homes, yachts and other assets. That's according to a review of nearly 12 million files from around the world. It's the latest report by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists involving 600 journalists naming people like the former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair, Jordan's King Abdullah, Kenyan President Uhura Kenyatta and the German supermodel Claudia Schiffer. Also implicated, Supermodel. the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. And earlier, I spoke to our correspondent in Kiev, Gulliver Crack. That's not good. The papers reveal that Volodymyr Zelensky's production company, Quartal 95, and numerous people associated with it and with him used offshore companies in order to store the money that they had earned for many years before Volodymyr yeah, Zelensky yeah. was... I wonder if they... Hunter Biden. And, then, and don't forget, they're sanctioned on Vladimir Putin's daughters today. It's not good. They're going to lose a lot of money. Hunter Biden, though, he's still on the coast in Malibu. And big union. I'll tell you what, big union. Whoa! Don't be so sure about the supposed sweep. Don't 
be so sure because there's another trick up their sleeves to keep power. And is there a way to maybe save the House? Most people don't think there is, but the strategy that people are kind of thinking about now, and it's it's driven not just by the left, but by anybody who's in danger, is we're going to have these 1-6 committee hearings. Donald Trump's going to be in the spotlight. He was the reason. He wasn't on the ballot in 2018 when we had massive turnout that helped Democrats, that blue wave. It was because we nationalized the elections and made it about fear of Trump. Let's uh-huh. take Donald Trump Take that 1-6 committee, the threat he poses to democracy, make him still the face of the Republican Party. I'm not endorsing the strategy. I'm saying this is what a lot of people are talking about doing. Make him the face of the Republican Party. Talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Madison Cawthorn. Say this party is crazy town. It's Trumpist. Trump is a threat to our democracy. Make try to make Democratic base voters scared again. It's the it's they, they, they can't motivate them on the basis of hope or their pocketbooks, or any of these accomplishments, they have to scare the crap out of them and get them to come out. And then maybe, and I, I, this is a, d- a dark thought, the other thing that people look at as a, as a variable is the possible repeal of Roe v. Wade, and that being a motivating factor for a lot of Democratic voters. And if you, that those things are on the horizon, and a lot of Democrats are thinking about what kind of strategy could incorporate those events in a way that would maybe at least point towards a path to limit losses, if not, if not, hold on to the house, at least make it closer. So don't be so sure, because they got not only they got strategy, they got organized mobocracy. They got organized mafia. This is what you're up against. And there's more people in on it than you think. And they just keep stealing and printing and borrowing money to pay off the organized mafia that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this corruption, because they cannot compete without political corruption. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. AM five sixty. The answer. See, I don't mind competing. I like competing with everybody. The idea, though, that you can be the best in anything, but if the system is rigged, you can't. You can't. The fix is in. This is something that we've gotten used to in Chicago. We know this. These organized mafias, the way they dictate, the way they destroy lives, the deals they cut, pockets they line. It's normal now, right? I mean, you're used to it. In fact, we've got an alderman that has not been indicted that's going to run for mayor. I hope to God he wins. But I wonder, can he get the organized labor mafia to vote for him? Or will they do what we've now experienced nationally? Understand how much is at stake, how much of a payoff it is. Where do you see that payoff? You see that in the in the districts that are the have the most clout, I think we call it in Chicago, right? We're used to that term, clout. What that really stands for is corruption. The most corruption. And Chicago's good. Detroit's good too, though. The chair recognizes the gentlewoman from Michigan, Ms. Talib, for five minutes. Thank you. I rise as the proud member of the third uh, member to support the thirteenth congressional district. My district is the third poorest congressional district in the country, and direct funding and aid to support our most vulnerable communities is so critical to communities like mine. Yeah, and they use the poor people, they use their failure, they they use the ghettos they construct as the excuse to bribe the labor mafias. And they pour in billions of dollars, yet the neighborhoods never improve. But the pockets all get lined. Dave Villapark. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Um, This is probably not directly related, but I wanted to, um, I know you've been talking about the Supreme Court justice situation, and I mean, you're probably aware, but Mitt Romney, 
he originally did not vote for Justice uh, Jackson Brown when she was coming up for the circuit uh, appointment the first time around, but now all of a sudden he switched his vote. When because Mitt Romney likes that Mitt Romney likes to be an insider in the corruption. That's what Mitt Romney stands for. Mitt Romney is the equivalent of what Richard Irving would be, should he, God forbid, win the nomination for the Republican governor race in Illinois. This is what you're going to get from these guys. They like the corruption. They like the scam. They want in on the corruption pie rather than to take it and throw it against the wall, which is what I want to do. So nothing surprises me with Mitt Romney. He is the architect of Obamacare. He is the example of why you do not support the Republican Party, but very few Republican politicians. Craig, Ta-da! you're a Democrat. Hi, Craig. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Well, I'll tell you, when you were playing that, uh, those clips of those uh, union guys uh, cheering for that diaper derelict and everything like that, man, I, that makes me sick. But I'm gonna be, I got some good news because I work with a lot of, lot of union guys, a lot of guys that all were all solid Democrat. They'd never, they, they would vote for, for they voted for Obama and did all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you something, more than half of all these guys, what's going on now, they see us, and a lot of these guys, they're coming around, and they're thinking and Craig, realizing. I love to believe you, brother. I have a long history in unions. been a part of them, really a few of them. I'm very aware of all of that, and I, I experienced that. So many times throughout my life, I'm from Melrose Park. Those are men. Those are, those are hardcore men, conservative by nature. But what happens when elections roll around? They vote Democrat because they're also corrupted. Sorry, that's just the truth. So all those union guys that are honest know exactly what I mean. And those that are crooks, they're smirking right now because they, too, know what I mean. Wow. better stop i'll start believing it that makes me sick that makes me sick because every worker in this country is suffering under this corruption under this mafia don pretending to be a president pretending to be capable capable but you don't have to be capable you don't have to be good when the fix is in you don't even have to give results that are good except for those that are in the mafia with you so do me a favor do me a favor do me a favor don't call it a democracy. This country isn't a democracy. It's a mobocracy on many levels. It's not a republic. If it was, some sloth nobody from the DNC calling an elected Republican senator full of maggots would lose his job. Instead, this piece of dung will get a promotion. We've been corrupted through and through. Now, where do you do? What do you do? The answer is simple. You either make very big changes in corrupt areas, which we're going to try to do. We're going to bring on Ray Lopez in the next segment. Or you go somewhere where this kind of corruption is scoffed at and and rejected. Where are they? It's 21 states. 21. I'm done trying to get along with these maggots. That's a good word because that's what they are. They eat everything. They destroy everything. They kill everything because they're maggots of the mafia referred to as Democrats. 312-642-5600. AM 560. The answer. 
I think the most obvious problem in Chicago is the acceptance of corruption. Most devastating reality is that the government in Chicago cannot handle its basic its basic duty, which is to protect the good people of Chicago. In fact, what it does is protect the criminals, protect the gangbangers, protect the drug dealers, the shooters and the rest of it. Can it change? I'd like to think there are more good people than not in the city of Chicago. After all, it's where I'm from. It's where I used to love, where I worked for 30 years. Loved going down there every day. Now, there's not much I'd go down there for. And I'm not the only one. There's massive amounts of people flee as if Miss O'Leary's cow kicked the lantern over again. But there are still good people. We've got one on the line, and he's trying to change things. He's a rare oddity. He's like a spotted owl. He's an alderman that hasn't been indicted. Ray Lopez, how are you? I'm good, Sean, although I've never been called a spot at all before. Oh, yeah, you're very rare, Ray. Not only that, you're a Democrat that doesn't want in on the corruption. You'd like to see it end. I mean, I don't even know how to give you an intro, brother. You are in this mafia, (laughs) and yet you refuse to partake in it. You're like walking tall, only you're not that tall. But I'm still going to give you that credit. All you need now is a big stick. Uh, The reality is you're threatening a crime family, in my opinion. And I'd like to know what your reception is. Well, the reception that I've received from the entire city of Chicago today was one of thanks and hope. And not to sound cliche, but there are, to your point, many good people throughout the city of Chicago who want to see an end to the business as uh, as usual. They want to have a mayor who loves this city. They want to have a leader who is not coddling criminals. And they want to feel safe and inspired by their city once again. That's what my campaign is about, because this is about the future of Chicago. We are at a crossroads, and either we are going to right this ship, or it's going to sink like the Titanic with another four years of Lori Lightfoot at the helm. I mean, the reality is, in the last 10 years, the last five years specifically, the protection for organized crime has not come from street thugs. It's come from elected officials. I'm sorry, that's just the fact. Those people who've gone to Chicago 15 years ago and dropped in today wouldn't recognize it as the same city. A story broke of two partners, businessmen, and I hate to even talk about people in in the form of race, but they were not Caucasoid. Let's just start there. On the west side of Chicago, who had been robbed three times in the last two weeks, they finally said, that's it, it's enough, I'm not doing it anymore. It's obvious to everybody, all races, all genders, that the predators are winning in the street war of Chicago. Is this something you can articulate and win because Lori Lightfoot is in denial and she's prancing around her actor in his costume that has the audacity as of 48 hours ago to tell the Chicagoans, the Illinoisans that crime is down in that sewer and it's outrageous to me. Clearly the superintendent is just her front man for the lies that she likes to portray while her head is buried three feet deep in the sand. I know and have lived with the dangers facing my residents every day. Let's not forget who exactly I am. I am the one who's called out gangs as urban terrorists. I'm the one that they've threatened my life twice with. I'm the one where they've tried to burn my house to the ground and vandalize my office on more times than I can remember. They didn't do that simply because they were bored. They did that because they were threatened by what I was telling the world, which is that we will not accept gang and crime life in my communities. And in those communities I represent, I have worked with law enforcement and my community to rebuild that trust so that we can hold those magnets of violence accountable and bring down 
the crime stats in a genuine fashion and not by playing the standard word salad version that the superintendent likes to do. What I have done in my community, what we have done with good police leaders and good law law enforcement officers that believe in what we're talking about has had tangible, real results. But you need to have that leadership at the top if you expect to have that same outcome citywide. And clearly the mayor and the superintendent do not share the same vision and passion that I have for bringing an end to the violence in our communities, but I have that passion. And when it comes to City Hall, when I am elected mayor, we will see a new day in the city of Chicago where criminals from one corner of the city to the next will know there is no safe haven for them in the city of Chicago. That's good. The street thugs need to be dealt with. And who else needs to be dealt with are the thugs in suits. When you talk about waste, fraud, and abuse, political corruption, around the world, Chicago is the is the answer. Chicago is the synonym. So Chicago is the punchline. Do you have a plan to root out this political corruption that now it has been normalized? Well, first and foremost, Sean, if you the first most concrete step we can do to rooting out that kind of corruption and the availability to be corrupt is to end the outside employment of aldermen beyond being members of the city council. If you're elected alderman, that should be your singular job, be alderman. Additionally, your spouses should not be able to be lobbyists or contractors with the city of Chicago. We have to take some extreme measures to make sure that we put people on the best path forward. And it's sad that saying that you have to do your elected your $130,000 a year job only is considered <laughs> extreme, but that's where we find ourselves today. And as an alderman, I where the temptation can come from. I know that people sometimes think that they're smarter than the last guy who got sent to jail. So by instituting a ban on outside income, outside employment, a ban on spousal lobbying, and as well a ban on contributions for uh, legislation one year in advance uh, and one year after passage, will definitely be ways that we cut down on the opportunities of corruption. Democrat cities around the country have acted on their defunding the police. The totals that I've seen are upwards of $2 billion, where big cities, Democrat-run cities, have made it harder for police to be police. And um, is this something you would change post-haste to strengthen the police force rather than weaken the police force? What we have seen under this administration is a defunding of the police not by taking money directly away from them, but by attrition, by refusing to hire for those positions that the city council has allowed to be created. There will be no vacancies in the police department under Raymond Lopez as mayor. We will fill those positions because first and foremost, our officers will know and our recruits will know that the new mayor, the next mayor of the city of Chicago, has their back and knows that we can work professionally and still put criminals behind bars, period. I like that. The Chicago we're also team. going to take a look at, we're also going to take a look at, Sean, what we can do to stop the, the continued hemorrhaging out of the department. There are many officers who are leaving the police department in droves, in record numbers, because they, at present, do not feel supported and would rather work anywhere but in 
but for the city of Chicago. So we will have a discussion with our partners uh, to see what we can do to stem that outward bleeding of talent, everything from residency requirements to longevity bonuses, you name it, everything is fair game in my opinion because we will we need to stop the outward flow of talent and do it in a way that allows us to catch up with all of the vacant positions that remain in the budget. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to take on a lot of the problems, right? I mean, the, the reality is the system has is littered with problems. Those problems primarily stem from waste, fraud, and abuse of funding. We don't even know. Where, where's so much money that has flown in the, into the city of Chicago that's been misappropriated and wasted? You've seen it in the communities and the rest of it. Yep. Chicago Public Teachers Union, to me, is not just an example of communism. It is an, exa- it is an example of failure and a funding problem that you cannot throw enough money down that black hole. $28,000 per kid is outrageous when you take a look at our, our, our kids. The kids, I'm sorry, are suffering. It's, it's a disgrace as you watch the news in Chicago. Is there something you can do to stop this black hole of waste, fraud, and abuse as the parking lot of any public school looks a lot like the parking lot of the mercantile exchange used to look in the 90s? As the leader of the Chicago bureaucracy, you have to set metrics for success and metrics for failure. And you have to hold those people accountable, regardless the employee group, for what they do. If our employees do well, we need to be able to hold them and thank them. If they do poorly, we have to hold them accountable for that as well. Whether it's the parks, whether it's the schools, whether it's our laborers, whomever it is, you have to set standards that you can hold people accountable to. We have never had that in in decades of leadership in the city of Chicago. And especially under this administration, which felt that the only way to get along with certain unions was to completely capitulate and surrender without getting anything for the benefit of the taxpayers. I'm a Catholic school kid. It did not cost my family $28,000 to educate me. And yet I am, yet my school scores and my scores are far better than they were than what we're getting out of our teachers now. That is a shame. And we are yeah. failing our students. If we accept that, with all the money that we throw at a $10 billion educational system, that two-thirds of our children are not up to par. That so, is where so many opportunities for failure continue and replicate throughout all sectors of Chicago. Because our kids have no hope, they have no education, they have no skill preparing them for what's to come. And then we sit and beat our heads and wonder why we have the problems that we do. Ray, I mean, I don't know if you're paying attention, but so far you're running on law and order, financial responsibility, eliminating political corruption, and if not school choice, breaking the stronghold of the Communist Teachers Union, and you're calling yourself a Democrat, I'll tell you what, you got big cojones, kid. I like it. I'm all in. I support Ray Lopez. Let the record show. I wish you the best of luck, and it's really the only hope for property owners that are not in on the scam. Ray Lopez, I mean it. I wish you the best of luck, and I hope to God you have a security force around you. Well, Sean, thankfully I have a neighborhood and a people behind me all throughout the city, and it's sad that, you know, 
Democrats are no longer synonymous with common sense. But yeah. hopefully I can be a light and a beacon for all those who are still in our neighborhoods, who are born and bred in the city of Chicago, love this city, and we get back to what everyday normal Chicagoans believe in, which is safe neighborhoods, rebuilding our economy, and making sure that our police and fire are respected and our city services are delivered. Love it. I can't do much sway with too many Melrose Parkers. My guys are old now, but we got some Elmwood Parkers. Let me know if you need a hand. All right? <laughs> I'll call on you. Thank you very much. Ray Lopez, everybody. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little I had the pleasure of meeting our next guest over 20 years ago in a panel. He doesn't remember, but I remember him because I knew at that time the capitalist pig was on his way to stardom. Now he's become one of my favorites on the financial shows. Jonathan Honig. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Sean, I'm great to be with you. I'm honored to be with you. You're one of the few voices for capitalism. I know it's kind of a bad word, even among, even among some of the right these days, but you're one of the few, few voices for capitalism, and we need voices for capitalism now more than ever, not just in politics, but in business, Sean. I mean, inflation, it's, it's not just, you know, for the 70s anymore. It's here no. in the 2022s, and it's tearing... The economy is tearing the American lifestyle apart. You know, I do these, I, I, I enter these segments and we talk about financing. We talk about capitalism. We talk about the American economy. And it's, it's painfully evident to me that the plan is get so many people in on the scam and then continue to perpetrate the fraud. When you watch the macro picture of what's going on, and Mrs. Doubtfire today, Janet Yellen, says if there's COVID <laughs> on the earth, then we're in the emergency control mechanism of monetizing debt and corrupting the future what's it do to you because it makes me want to just hit the heavy bag until i can't lift my hands anymore <laughs> well you know people need a little bit of a history lesson and Jamie yellen won't give it to him sean i know i know you will you know you go back to gerald ford's era we're talking about the early 1970s gerald ford called inflation public enemy number one you know wasn't the woke economy it wasn't a critical waste but it was inflation because it was tearing the standard of living uh people's t- standard of living apart back then it's starting to do the same thing now and you know sure you don't you even see it in something as simple as like you know uh the price of gas or even the price of your groceries you're getting a raise these days the average american is getting a raise they're making more money but it's not even keeping up with the cost of inflation with the price of of just keeping up with, with the price, the cost of living. And that's really what the big, as you said, the swindle is these days. I mean, inflation doesn't hurt the well-to-do. The rich, rich can always buy coffee, no matter how much it goes. But it's hurting the average six-pack, the, the guy who you are, the guy from Elmwood Park, the guy who just, you know, works for uh, life, maybe has a small company, is trying to get by. It hurts him or her most of all. And that's what, I, you know, should make everyone so infuriated now. It's not the evil corporations that are killing you. It's not the, even the, uh, uh, the supply chain. It's government printing of the money, monetization of the debt. That's what's hurting and killing your everyday average standard of living in life. And there has become a, um, 
the, where the Republicans are not articulating the problem. Big oil was dragged before Congress today and they were dragged for campaign speeches. They weren't turned to as the lifeblood of America that they are. They were brought there to be reprimanded by pseudo intellectual pay to play scam artist socialists calling themselves Democrats as they demonize the very industry that they have assaulted, that they have impugned, that they have attacked for a century. And the reality is uh, we don't have enough Republican elected officials to say you should be paying homage to these guys. And the only answer is to take the leash off these guys and let them go crazy, not only them, but create a climate where strangers and newcomers can come in and drive down the price of oil because we are the answer. Why is this not happening? Drive down the price of oil and drive up the production of everything. I mean, Sean, you're right. I mean, big, big oil is, a, is an easy scapegoat for, for Democrats. But we need not only more big oil. We need more profit-seeking entrepreneurs. We need big oil, big tech, big, big pharma. I mean, it's guys like Elon Musk, you know, who literally put their money where their mouth is. They don't complain to Congress. They don't go on TV and complain. They put their money where their mouth is. They invest in the future. They invest in business. They invest in new jobs. They create that, that new technology, that new, that new, whether it's new energy or new technology. It's that American entrepreneurialism that creates it, that does it, that makes it happen. So we need more of that profit-seeking entrepreneurship. And, you know, probably Elon Musk is the best example. You know, Sean, he's become wealthy over and over and over again. And when he makes money, he puts that money not into a big room of gold like Scrooge McDuck. He puts it into new jobs and new creation, new wealth, new wealth creation. So as long as we have Elon Musk, I'm not too scared in this country. But the more and more we have the, the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, the people oh. who are trying to take the entrepreneurs down, that's what worries me for the future. And then here's the other thing. I was very optimistic, believe it or not, when Obamacare was put in, because what I said to myself is the failure will be so undeniable, so obvious. The American sloth will figure out you've ruined a system that, although not perfect, was far more beneficial for the average man. Yet I watched yesterday as the architect of the worst health care policy in American history came out and was cheered by the masses as they continued to lie to the people and subsidize the very system they broke. This is the problem I'm nervous at because the Democrats are fully aware that the way to get this over on the American people is throw everything at the wall in every aspect of the economy, from finance to money supply to, to, to climate gate to all the rest of these scandals, and just continue to keep funding them. And there's enough people that will buy the, the BS rather than remove what should be done with something as obvious as a failure as Obamacare. Should we not start seeing a effort to rip this out by the roots? Well, I mean, Obamacare, the problem with Obamacare is the same problem with something like minimum wage, right? I mean, you can say to people, Sean, well, you know, minimum wage actually destroys jobs. You know, minimum wage destroys that low-wage uh, job for the person just starting out. And they say, oh, yeah, but I, I know that. But we've got to do something about the poor. You know, I mean, there's that altruism, that that guilt inside them that says, look, I know minimum wage hurts poor people, but we've got to do something. The same thing when it comes to health care. I mean, people know that 
you know, uh, uh, government-controlled health care destroys it, destroys it for those who don't have it, destroys it for those who do. But they then go and have say, well, we've got to do something about people without health care. And they vote Obamacare or the new version of it in time and time again. And I mean, that's what's so frustrating is, as they say, there's nothing new under the sun, but we keep seeing that same trip around the sun as we voted more bigger government programs to, pre, uh, to replace the previous ones that we voted in five or ten years prior. I've got a real problem with rigged systems. It's how I started my show today. It's one of the main reasons I took this job. I want to break the rigged systems. Rigged systems are destroying the quality of life and the opportunity that America gave everybody. There's no better example of a rigged system than when we talk about climate change and the obvious goal of taxing people for living and controlling companies' growth. They are gaining steam, ironically, on the same day the U.N. said climate is our biggest problem as they authorize Ukraine to bomb uh, Russian gas depots. I mean, I, I, the hypocrisy is boundless to me. But this climate issue, it's traceable. It's evidence. Their so-called cures not only are five times expensive, but simply don't work, but create massive damage to the earth as they search for these rare minerals. Do you think capitalists will come out of their closet and fight back against this obvious fraud, or will they want in on it? It's, well, it's, it's fraud. It's, 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 as they say, Sean, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, this hasn't changed since the environmental movement was called the ecology movement back in the 1970s. You know, as you said, it's gone from, you know, global warming to it was global cooling for a period of time. But really what it is, it's the hatred of man. It's the hatred of capitalism. And, of course, at the end of it is always the destruction of, oh, I don't know, man's life. You know, Gordon Gecko says, you know, they hate man, but they love uh, animals. Yeah. They love, they love, they, hate, yeah. they love. Uh, I believe he said so they, white people or wasps if, is how he led into that. Hate man. But love animals. And this is the point we're at, as you saw in California, for the name of a fish, they created droughts. I mean, aren't we smarter than this, Jonathan? Well, if your goal is man's uh, uh, thriving, then then this is exactly what you want. You know, you want to make energy. Gas is so expensive that people can't afford to go to work. They can't afford to live. That's the goal of of the environmental movement, unfortunately, Sean. It's not man's thriving. It's man's destruction because, look, you don't have to be a genius. If you really wanted to go carbon neutral, uh, there's only one real, real certain way to do it. Now, I'm not suggesting that. I don't want that for my life, for your life, or any of our listeners' life, Sean. But that's the goal of the environmental movement. It's not man's thriving. It's man's destruction. That's their explicit stated goal. We have history on our side. History proves that these people have been wrong for 70 years. I never saw anything like this. Uh, You know, the one thing I loved, Jonathan, about what we used to do, you knew right away if you were wrong, you were losing money, and you got out of it. The first thing you learn when you dig a hole is stop digging. Here we are, the year 2022. The evidence is clear on all of our arguments. We are right. We win the argument. Their system, their utopia, their, their phony virtue of altruism destroys nations, destroys qualities of life. In America right now, the divide between rich and poor, you can argue, has never been greater and it continues to grow. What do you think will happen in 2022? Because I'm pessimistic well, now when I see unions cheer for Joe Biden. What do you think will happen? Well, if you're concerned about the poor, 
if you are concerned about the, the poor, then you should be for free market capitalism. End of story. I mean, Sean, there's been nothing to improve the lot of the poor in history. No charity, no Bill Gates charity in, the, in history has ever improved a lot of the poor as much as free market capitalism. And the freer the market, the better the results, the more wealth created for the poor, the not so poor, and all the rest. So, you know, we need not more central planning a la Joe Biden. We don't need any more uh, hatred of, of the, the successful like Elizabeth Warren. You know, we need, need more of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, the Americanism that created Hewlett-Packard, uh, uh, Apple Computer, IBM, and all the rest. That's what we need, and we can have it, uh, Sean. We just need government to get out of the way, and we need more American entrepreneurs to get in the driver's seat of this economy. Jonathan, you've headed up a hedge fund for 20 years now. Is that right? Over 20 years, isn't it? Yes, yes, over 20. Over 20 years. You're a student of capitalists. You're an admirer. Of, uh, uh, of individuals who were able to take themselves by what you just described, the bootstraps, Arthur Cutton, Jesse Livermore, Warren Buffett. Has there ever been a private investor that has had the return of Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> not, that I, not that I'm aware of. Well, she, you know, she has inside information, Sean, but it's for her. It's kind of like Animal Farm. You know, all the animals are equal, but... Some, like Ms. Pelosi, I guess, are just a little more equal than the rest. You know, insider information, it's illegal for you and I. We're just, you know, I don't know, Americans. We're not, we're not part of the political class. But for Nancy Pelosi, she seems to know the next move of every stock in her portfolio. For some reason, that's okay. And it shouldn't be the case at all. Elizabeth Warren wants to release a new bill, a new law on insider trading, yet it doesn't mention Nancy Pelosi. It doesn't mention the 435 Congress birthing peoples that have become millionaires while living on a living of, what, $170,000? Now, you're an economic genius. Is there a way <laughs> you could make $170,000 and accumulate, say, $5 million inside of seven years without being a scumbag? Well, <laughs> well I don't know about being unethical. I mean, look, there's right. such an easy way, a very easy way to get money out of politics and get politics out of the economy. And to get people like Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, Elizabeth Warren out of the ability to be able to regulate, control, and dictate the terms of trade for, for businesses, for corporations, for, for uh, a whole industry. So if you get the money out of politics, you'll, you know, uh, basically, if you get government out of the economy, you'll get money out of politics. And that's a great start in terms of reducing Ms. Pelosi's stock ret- abnormally good stock returns for the it's future. Insane. So you're, you're very active in the Ayn Rand community. You're very active in the capitalist community. You have anything on the horizon? Because I haven't seen you, and it's got to be seven, eight years. Uh, is there anything that the people should be aware of to get excited about? Yeah, but definitely. I mean, there, I'm still working with a brand-new book. It's called A New Textbook of Americanism. Sean, and look, Americanism isn't going out of style. It needs to be promoted and, and uh, heard even more than ever. So the true meaning of Americanism, as you said, not central planning, not pressure group warfare, but that individualistic capitalist, capitalist spirit that you talk about. I talk about it in the book, A New Textbook of Americanism. That's what the station is about. That's what your history is all about. So that's what I'm promoting now for the future uh, here in Chicago and around the world. All right. Very good. I wish you the best of luck. And I want to bet you on a side note. Who do you think has a better chance of being audited by the IRS, me or Nancy Pelosi's husband? <laughs> I assume you're, you're under, you're like President Trump. You're under continual audit. <laughs> under continual audit. how radical you are, Sean. Yes. Well, I got friends. This, I got friends in high places. People. 
I got friends in high places like Jonathan Honig, and I will snuggle up in that condo because I'm going to call you. I got the number, and I want to thank you for not just being my friend but for being a true warrior for capitalism, capitalistpig.com. I love having you on. Thank you, Jonathan. Anytime, Sean. Best to you. Be well. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. He knows his music for a young kid. He doesn't have a lot of friends, though. He's a detective down in Texas. You know, it's interesting. I uh, have the Wall Street Journal open here at the studio, and the SEC investigates how Amazon disclosed business practices. Isn't this interesting? Amazon isn't, I mean, the IRS isn't interested in investigating all of these Congress peoples, birthing peoples and other peoples. Not interested in that. I'm dead serious. To make $170,000 a year, which I believe is what they make, 170, 175, and accumulate all the wealth they do. There's something going on there. Something going on. Because what we've done is we've somehow allowed lawmakers to supervise themselves. Well, here's the skinny. Nancy Pelosi can pick her nose, but she can't pick an investment. The hundreds of millions of wealth is derived from the corruption we've become accustomed to. And it's not right. It's obvious. And if you're going to save America, you have to enforce law. You have to. I don't care what level it is. You have to enforce law. So when the SEC investigates how Amazon disclosed business practices, they're not interested in catching criminals. They're interested in intimidating Amazon. If they were interested in catching criminals, they don't have to go far. Let's listen to Pippi Lysdaki. On another topic, was it common for President Biden to do favors for Hunter Biden's international business partners, like writing college recommendations for their kids? I have I've seen the report. I have no confirmation or comments on a report about whether or not the president, when he was a private citizen, wrote a college recommendation letter. When was the president a private citizen from the time he left pretending to be vice president till the time he usurped the most powerful office? Is that the time? Because that's the time he made all his money, millions and millions and millions of dollars. The whole time having LLCs set up in Delaware that not only were there to hide profits from his phony book sales and his speaking engagements, but to hide bribes from Ukraine, from Russia, and from China. Is the SEC, is the IRS interested in that? I don't think they are. The uh, IRS tax filing deadline is just around the corner, and they have uh, made it clear that American, the American people can expect uh, an unusually miserable filing season this year, in addition to the normal headaches that come with filing taxes, uh, they made a change last year in the child tax credit to make payments on a monthly basis to make the child tax credit advanceable. And in doing so, uh, they have ensured that a lot of uh, working families this year are going to get a hefty tax bill when they file their income tax returns. See, because that welfare is taxable. Bet you didn't know that. The welfare may, in some cases, bump families into another bracket. That's even a funny concept. So they can extort more of your hard-earned money. But the IRS isn't interested in going after Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. They're not interested in that. And the other 435 scoundrels, scallywags, they're interested in going after you, which is why I call it 
a syndicate, a mafia, organized crime, the outfit. It's no longer a bunch of guys waiting for big clams. This is now legitimized. And they have their propagandists who aren't just Jen Psaki. They're the media. This is the Wall Street Journal owned by Amazon doing an article how the SEC is not a group that wants to investigate insider trading of Congress people, of the Speaker of the House. They want to use their power to squeeze out one of the largest, if not in history, right now, companies employing the best, trying to do the best for everybody, competing with government. That's what this is about. They're not interested in doing the right thing. They're interested in coming after you who qualify for their new form of welfare, and then they're going to tax you on the welfare. (laughs) You almost can't make it up. And so add that to the list of things that are costing the American consumers more, uh, one of which, as we've talked about before, is uh, gasoline. Oh, by the way, in the omnibus budget and all the rest of it, they're hiring more Gestapo pretending to be agents. And the administration seems to uh, have one approach when it comes to dealing with the high cost of gasoline. One is to blame everybody else. But two, just tell everybody to drive an electric vehicle, uh, which is an insult uh, to the American people. Not when they own stock in the electric vehicle companies, like Jennifer Granholm. Oh, no. Is the SEC wanting to investigate that? No, not going to investigate that. Reminds me of what Barack Obama said. He inspired me yesterday. He really did. I thought a lot about everything he said, and then I remembered what he really said. People would ask me, knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec- a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff and then i could sort of deliver the lines but somebody else was uh doing all the talking and ceremony i'd be fine with that one of the most successful mafia dons in american history right out of chicago where the mafia really exists oh it wasn't al capone it's mike madigan the irish mafia short in the pants look like yard gnomes morons 312-642-5600 am560 It's worth fighting for. You have to fight. These people who think I don't do politics, everything is politics. You're doing politics every time you lose money. You're doing politics. You're doing politics every time you get your paycheck. Did you know taxes out of your paycheck was supposed to be temporary after World War II? Did you know that? That could fix things tomorrow. Start to make working people pay taxes like earners, like capitalists, like business owners owners then maybe they'll get involved a little bit otherwise you get used to the extortion you get used to the mafia gary naperville Sean, I, I, love, I love the way you uh, describe the mafia that runs things i was just wondering when you figure that out because i have so much information on that people call me a conspiracy theorist but i have actual details in all kinds of areas of alloy politics and even, even, even the federal government. I don't you know. Where have you ever figured that all out? you got to remember I grew up with a very smart family, right? And you got to remember at that time my family that I was raised by were Italians, and they were always given a bad rap, right? They were always 
told that they were mafia guy. My grandfather, very proud man, very honest man. And very, you yeah. know, he did a lot of reading and, and, and he rubbed off on me. And the mafia, the idea that Al Capone is a gangster, Al Capone was a, was a bootlegger. Al Capone was selling an illegal hey. substance of booze. The gangster were the Irish frauds who pretended to be bootleggers but knew where to, they could be real mafia dons. And that's in Chicago politics. They went into it, they overtook yeah. it, because that's a mafia with a pension and a health care plan. The other mafia doesn't get that. Those are just bookmakers, loan sharks, and at that time, bootleggers. They're not a mafia. You want to talk a mafia? Go into tax auction properties. Those are mafias. They don't have a callus on their hands. They got butter hands. They've never been in a fight in their life, and their wives look like dogs, derrieres, walking backwards. That's the only difference. At least our guys had pretty women. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate the call. And that's the fact, Jack. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You want to talk about a mafia? Look at the property tax scheme that is in the sewer of Chicago. 60% of businesses used Mike Madigan's law firm to get their taxes reduced and Ed Burke's in the same business. You can't see. You think organized crime are a bunch of fat bookmakers trying to, 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 to middle a game on Monday night? You are sadly mistaken. And that mafia has lobbyists. They're all dressed up in suits. They got lawyers. They all participate in investment vehicles like the Table of Wisdom LLC that has two Cook County judges, sitting judges right now, Ed Burke and a bunch of gangsters as they fix property. They, they use government power to destroy the value, go attack the, the, the individual owners, then scoop it up at a sale price they could never get. That's systemic crime. And that's normal. And then you've got the IRS. His original question, are you, were you afraid of the, the mob coming after you? I've been a capitalist all my life. The mob are bureaucrats that take 50% of what you earn as you go to work, sleepless nights, worry about profit, navigate through systems, study your ass off, and you owe the government 50% of your money? And i got to listen to an Irish gangster. Never worked a day in his life. Tell people pay their fair share. We're all paying our fair share. The honest people, the corrupt scum, never pay. Never pay anything. That's how they make $170,000 a year and amass fortunes of tens of millions because that's organized crime. I'm all for capitalism. Jonathan Honig practices capitalism. Capitalism is the small business owner, small shop owner, dreaming of making $400,000 a year. And what's that dream met with? Extortion from a bunch of bureaucrats that do nothing but get bonuses for ruining the lives of Americans. That's not the American system. We don't have an American system. We have a soft socialist oligarchy. That's what we have, a kleptocracy. And you ain't in it. Brett Worth. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. You're saying a lot of stuff that resonates with me. I wanted to kind of tie into your conversation to uh, the beginning of your show tonight, uh, talking about the minimum wage and what your last uh, guest was kind of hitting on. That actually, yeah. our first segment was uh, about the unions, and the unions are, according to Milton Friedman, they're actually the ones who uh, promote the, uh, the raising of the minimum wage, and that's been going on for decades. Yeah, because they and can that, only gain that, strength when they have no competition. They've been doing this since exactly, the 30s. And, yeah. and that hurts small business owners like myself. Now, I've had the privilege of working with some 
union members in my shop, and I've had the privilege of working with some non-union members, and I can tell you that a guy with a skill set, whether he's in the union or not, he's going to want to do. He's going to. He's not going to do the job for minimum wage or for less. And in many cases, I might have even paid the non-union guy more because he had the same skill set as the union guy. And in some cases, more, right? But he wanted to have competition. He didn't want to be extorted by organized crime pretending to be organized labor. So he wanted to go on his own uh, on his own road. You know what I love about this conversation, Brett? How many guys from Ukraine, from the former Soviet Union, bricklayers, plumbers, labor men, came to this country and said, I don't want to join a union, and they bought a little truck, and within seven years they had 40 guys working for them, and they had a big company. That's the American dream. The American dream isn't to join some organization that teaches you how to go on break every 45 minutes, that teaches you how to extort people that want to hire you, and that teaches you the only way you get the real contracts is when you cozy up with Democrat scum and bribe off politicians and get funny money. See, that's not the American dream. The American dream is that immigrant who comes here for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons, by the way, but the right reasons. What are some of the wrong reasons? Thank you, Jen. First, on immigration, our team in Texas is uh, saying that you guys are starting to give smartphones to border crossers, hoping that they'll use the phones to check in or uh, to be tracked. Uh, Which part of that is supposed to deter people from crossing illegally into the states? Well, I, I think you of all people, since you've asked me a range of questions on this topic over time, would recognize that we need to take steps to ensure that we know where individuals are and we can track in, and we can check in with them. Now, that's bulldung. I like Ducey, but he didn't ask the right question. What you're doing is buying loyalty, buying approval, and buying future votes. That's the Democrat mafia scheme. Because what they need to do, what they understand is to corrupt the immigrant, you will always have a step-and-fetch Democrat base. There was a time when Hugo Chavez, or uh, Cesar Chavez, excuse me, who was a union organizer, couldn't stand the idea of illegal aliens because he understood the threat. They wanted to go to work. They wanted to break the back of organized crime, labor, extortion, mafias called unions. What this new, sophisticated, pseudo-intellectual Marxist mafia wants to do is corrupt the immigrant corrupt the illegal alien and corrupt the American citizen. So they turn a blind eye to the idea that you have a Irish gangster mafia boss who's been bribed for half a century, who just today cheered about the notion he was going to pay off those gangsters that put him in office. Whoa! That's an insult to every honest worker in this country. Every honest worker. If you're in on this scam in a Democrat mafia stronghold, then you love this Democrat scumbag because you get your pockets lined. You get to pretend to be a man. 312-642-5600. AM David Lombard. Hi, David. Hi, I, I, I'm curious on your take on Musk. I really, I personally don't like his 
his whole global warming, you know, it, it, taking advantage of the whole system and all the tax. Uh, so the way that Musk, that. yeah, the way that he made his original money was PayPal. Uh, I think it was the biggest threat. It was a great concept. And then as he went into Tesla, he worked the subsidy system to a certain extent. And uh, I'm not a Tesla guy. I think it's a joke. I railed against for years against the kind of fraud that's in Tesla, the danger that they are. I mean, you know, to this day, no one talks about how many of them burst into flames, uh, how many people thought that they didn't have to pay attention, how many accidents. But what I do like about him, you know, these are people. This is why you never become a cultist, right? These are people. He's got good and he's got bad. And here's the thing. At this stage of his life, is he prepared to fight for the principles in the country that his family came to so that he could be who he is? I hope so. I'm going to give him every benefit of the doubt. And if he is looking to use his wealth to reestablish American principles, I love him. But this isn't something we, we have a, a unique problem in this society. We think we have to be married to these people or love them or be in relationships. This was a problem with George Bush. This was a problem with his father the fraud CIA conspirator that he is. This was a problem with Donald Trump. This is a problem with Elon Musk today. But if he does what it looks like he's doing, I love him for this. But isn't that what we're supposed to be? You're not supposed to be cultists of any kind. Judge everybody by who they are, their actions, today, and hope they do the best tomorrow. And if they become Nancy Pelosi tomorrow, if they become Democrat mafia members tomorrow, then you hate them. Simple. But uh, right now, I like them. And right now, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder for not just um, the idea that he's going to be fodder and used as an example of a whipping boy by frauds like, like uh, Elizabeth Warren, who he knows to be a fraud, and Democrats like Bernie Sanders, who he knows to be a fraud, but Joe Biden, who has taken the idea to strengthen his union corruption by using government money to subsidize those fraud companies that pretend to be American automakers while cutting Tesla out. See, that's the big skinny. That's what's going on right now. They cut Tesla out. Joe Biden is union-bribed, union-owned, and union-mafia. Tesla is not union, and he's, not, he's got a bull eye. So, hey, for this particular administration, I think he's going to do great for me and you. But you don't have to love him. You don't have to love anybody except me. Thank you very much, David. Appreciate the call. Ron Valparaiso. Hey, Sean, I just want to compliment you for your passion. There's nobody on radio or on television that comes near your passion and your honesty about the you. Democratic Party. Yeah, my mom should then, be Chuck, because I don't really give a... But <laughs> the problem is, Ron, I know what I'm fighting for. I don't care about... It's funny. I love capitalism, and I love the idea that you you know guys like Elon Musk exist. I love that. I don't want that. I don't give a rip about it anymore. I did more than I was supposed to do. Now it's about my grandson I never met, or my granddaughter I never met. Because I realize what's happening. This is a cancer in this country. And that cancer yeah, is, and I have is the American Democrats. Too. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I have a grandson, too. And yeah. I'll tell you, I used to be a policeman. And when your mayor gets up there and says, oh, look at the data. Well, you know, the data is skewed by them. You take a carjacking, you turn it into an auto theft. Oh, yeah. carjackings are down. Yeah. And shooting, well, same way, you know, you, you you skew skew that data to make it look good, and everybody knows in Chicago it's bad. The scariest thing a kid can say to a parent is, "I'm going to Chicago," and everybody knows it. And that's even the people that live Absolutely. there. I'm going outside. So to have this, the problem is corruption. 
It's a bipartisan problem, but it's perfected in the Democrat mafia. And until that corruption is really prosecuted the way it should be, we're going to keep fighting, and I'm going to keep screaming. Thank you, Ron. Love the call. Rob, Ukrainian Village. Hey, uh, just to add other things to be afraid of, now you got to worry about streetlights falling on you. I don't know if you saw two weeks ago where a streetlight fell on an SUV, oh. uh, the old rusted green ones. I'm driving home right now, and on Rob, Frontage Road, about 300 yards. Serpentine, serpentine. Nagel. Yeah. Yeah, Serpentine, you, you know what? It'll save like, you from the lights. Like It'll save you from bullets. the street gains. Yeah, it's strange. Very good. Save you from the carjackers. In fact, that's what they should do in Chicago. Serpentine, Serpentine. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty. Language in the year 2022 by the gangster government is camouflage. Think about it. Credits, subsidies, renewable energy. It's all language of deception. Pensions in the public sector. See, pensions only exist if it's a return on investment. Obligations to pay people for mediocre, sometimes ghost jobs, is only something government can do. So Illinois doesn't have a pension problem. They have an employment problem. Their pensions are mystical, magical, unicorns and lollipops. They don't exist. It's fraud people underwrite it how many of you knew you just bought 600 million dollars of pension obligation bonds what the hell is that word sally i wanted to bring on an expert to discuss he's ted dabrowski of wire points ted thank you so much for joining me hey sean thanks for having me on what a great phrase pension obligation bonds i don't like the sound of that i certainly wouldn't buy that but as an illinoisan which i'm not anymore do illinoisans have a choice no, uh, well, we we borrow. We actually borrow uh, that way. This is um, look look. This is uh, for people to understand what these bonds are. This is another way of of prioritizing the public sector workers over ordinary Illinoisans. And so, you know, in Illinois, we've got two classes of of people. One is the public sector class, which is protected by uh, the constitutional pension protection. They get long term contracts. They have collective bargaining laws that that, um, that protect their salaries, et cetera, et cetera. They get all that, and there's the other class, which is the ordinary resident, which doesn't get all those things, but it has to pay for that first class, uh, no matter what situation they're in, and, and you know, no matter the cost. So, can and we these call bonds them, help help protect these pensions? Is what they do. Can we call them the one percenters? Because the reality is, they get to live like millionaires long into their retirement that they're able to take in their fifties, while the rest of the American Illinoisans suffer under the cost of that corruption fix, because I cannot imagine this can be legal, let alone written into the law of Illinois. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. We've got this, this constitutional protection of pensions for public sector workers, and, and it does do that. It lets them retire in their 50s. Uh, the average uh, state worker who retires with a full career will start with about a $75,000 pension in their 50s, and uh, it'll grow at 3% a year compounded. And it's, uh, you know, it's paid for life, and, and taxpayers, ordinary people, have to pay for those. Wow. 
Wow, and then they're not taxed. That's um, right, and they're not taxed. That's right. Boy, oh boy, that's a great scam if you can get in on it. And the reality is a lot of people get in on it. In fact, there was just a scandal in the sheriff department. Seems to be something that we all knew about in sewer Chicago, something called ghost jobs. Can you explain what the ghost job is and do ghost job recipients, um, do they qualify for pensions? I don't know. You know, there's, there's this, you're just getting back into the little bit of the fraud, you know, that, that we know that, uh, uh, you know, Mike Madigan's part of, you know, jobs, jobs that exist or maybe they don't exist, but certainly people get paid for it. And I don't know if they get pensions either, but, uh, uh, but what I do know is that, you know, these, these, these pensions are, are really nice. And if you can, if you can get one or maybe two, um, they're, they're quite valuable. And, uh, you know, we, we have people who, who double dip. Uh, those are people who, like my old uh, superintendent here in Wilmette, he retired in his 50s. Uh, and, and if you can get a half-time job uh, being a superintendent at a, at a different district, you can collect your pension, your full pension, and get half that salary. So it's, uh, these are the kind of games that we have to support here in Illinois. You know, Ted, um, this is something that seems obvious. This is something that seems illegal. Um, but moreover, this is something that would seem to prevent a state that's losing population as if Mrs. O'Leary kicked the cows, kicked the lantern over again. But the reality is I just watched that beanbag with a pumpkin on calling himself uh, Governor Pritzker tell me that Illinois had a surplus. How in the world could he come to that conclusion? Well, so so we did get almost $200 billion in federal COVID aid over the last two years. Right, so for the private billion. sector... Yeah, two hundred billion. So for the private sector, public sector, all those grants, uh, it came into people's, you know, like these uh, stimulus checks that people got, unemployment benefits, all those things. Two hundred billion dollars, and and you know that's an amazing number. And what it did is it, it it's helped Illinois for for these two years have record income tax revenues, record sales tax revenues. You know, the stock market was up because of all that funny money that was printed. So uh, there's big capital gains taxes. So you know, Pritzker is celebrating. Uh, the fact that 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 two hundred billion dollars in, in bailout money has has you know filled the coffers for the first time in a long time, uh, but you know, but it's not true that it's anything Illinois did. It's all all the money that came in from the federal federal government. You know, Ted, um, I, we talk about numbers as Americans. It's I think we're just basically morons. I kind of start to believe with uh, Gruber, who worked for Obama. I think the American people are morons. A billion dollars is a thousand millions. So Illinois was handed a welfare check of 200,000 millions. And um, is it fair now to call Illinois what it really is, a welfare state? Well, I, th- I think it's fair for that for now. Let's see what happens going forward. Uh, you know, Illinois, this, this $200 billion papered over Illinois' problems. Before COVID, we were close to, to being a junk-rated state. And for those people who don't, who don't know what that means, it's like having a, a horrible credit score. Right, nobody wants to lend you money. You're you're kind of like the, the the financial bum, and we were there, uh, and you know this was a lifeline passed over to, to Pritzker from from the federal government. But uh, you know, no problems have been fixed. Pensions haven't been reformed. Our property taxes are, are higher now than they were before we started. So um, you know the, the fiscal cliff that Illinois is on is still there. We're just kind of in a in a temporary cloud that nobody can see that cliff. But uh, you know when the cloud lifts, we'll 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 still be in trouble. Now I know you you know you don't you don't focus on the politics you focus on the fact the fact of the matter is you can't tax welfare money and pretend it's revenue in real life i mean you really shouldn't be able to in any life um how much of the so-called revenue that's generated in illinois have you ever done a study on how much of that money is actually the origins of the government handouts and welfare has anyone ever looked at that 
um, when you look at the revenue that's generated from marijuana sales, when you look at the revenue that's generated from video gambling, uh, gambling and the new uh, Sam Giancana economic scheme of Illinois, is there a way to fake it until you get another COVID handout? Yeah, you know, we, we look at that, and, and, you know, the problem is is that it's, it's hard to fake unless you get a COVID handout. I, I, I really think that Illinois, you know, in the next three to five years would have been in deep, deep trouble had it not been for the COVID bailout. And you can do things like, like marijuana, and, you know, it's, it's raised a decent amount of money. But, uh, you know, all these sin taxes that they try to do, they just, they just they don't work. You know, like people just go over the border, and we're seeing that now with the gas. You know, we have the second highest gas prices in the country. And so what happens? People go right over the border. So you can try these sin taxes on alcohol, on gas, on all that. Um, but people go right over the border. And, and the more casinos we open, well, you know, Indiana's going to open their casinos, Wisconsin, their casinos. So at some point, it's, uh, you know, it's just, you know, we're trying to take away revenues from somebody else. It's not sustainable. It's not creation. It's not, it's not real value. It's, uh, well, you know what it is. Yeah. And here's the other thing. I, I, I was reading an article recently that... Um there's been an explosion in police in particular that were qualified for retirement, but really didn't plan on taking it for another five, six, seven, ten years. But yet under this new current climate of, of America, as we see, numerous uh, people who, who wouldn't have necessarily retired retire. That's another massive strain onto it. Is there a uptick in businesses that are moving? I, I, I also saw the beanbag with a pumpkin, Governor Pritzker. Um, tout that businesses were moving to Illinois. Is that, in fact, the case? You know, there's all, you know we're, the, we're the sixth largest state in the country, right? So we're always going to have businesses moving here. So it's going to be easy to tout that X business moved here. And, and the loop is still hot, you know, for, for corporate offices and things like that. But, you know, when you, when you look at the population of Illinois, in the last decade, we're just one of three states to shrink in the country. There was, there was Mississippi, West Virginia, and Illinois, three states in the whole country that shrunk in the last decade. And then last year, 2021, we lost 115,000 people in population. This spells really bad trouble. I can't tell you really what happens with companies. That's a harder thing to figure out what goes on. But you certainly don't put your companies in states that are shrinking. You move to Tennessee, you move to, to Florida, to Texas. Texas grew by 4 million people last decade. Florida grew by 2.8 million people last decade. We shrunk. So it's pretty easy to know where to put your companies if you're trying to grow and, and make money and, and, and invest. But what did grow in Illinois is the amount of people that are subsidized, that are on welfare of one form or another. And what did grow in Illinois, in fact, there's one Democrat town that received 1,400 PPP loans. Is there any kind of statistic on the growth of the welfare system in Illinois? Well, we know we, we, we don't have like a good number, but we know like food stamps, or your food stamp usage continues to grow. Uh, people on food stamps, you know, that's for for the status quo class. They love showing how many more people are on 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 food stamps. It's like for them, it's a mark of success. You know, for us, it means <laughs> that we have more people. Right, Medicaid, the same thing. You know, we have like over twenty five percent of the population on Medicaid. That's not good. They think it's good. It's bad because that means they're dependent on government. Same thing with uh, same thing with uh, you know a lot of this uh, unemployment aid and stuff like that. We we go the wrong way. We got the wrong metrics and. Uh, it's it's why we're having trouble. Young professionals were a bulk of the people moving out when those statistics first broke. That was more than two years ago. Has there been a change in the age demographics of the people moving in versus out? Uh, well, we're counting on, on new data, but I, I tell you what we did at WirePoint. So the IRS, the IRS reports each year. You know, the IRS knows where you live. 
They know where you lived last year. They know how big your family is. They know how much money you make. And so they track this stuff and they report it. And, and uh, you know, people like us at Wirepoints, we can grab that data and see where people are going to, who's, who's winning people, who's losing people. And, uh, you know, I just said how bad Illinois is, right? We're one of the biggest losers of people. Uh, we compete with New York as the biggest losers of people. Well, in that data, they, they, they tell you by age group and by income group who's winning people and who's losing people to other states, the net, net winning or losing. Uh, Illinois, in every single age group, lost on a net basis to all the other states. Illinois, in every single income group, lost to other states. Poor people, rich people, young people, old people, students. Um, we lose across the board, Sean. It's, it's, it's amazing how bad it is. What sickens me the most, Ted, is that um, we could be, we were, a true hub of business, a true hub of success. We have 14 nuclear plants. We were an oil-producing state. We were a coal-producing state. Yet we have adopted this, uh, this agenda of what I call eco-Nazism, but the fact that you are going to hamstring um, these states, these, these strong states, they could be financially strong. Is there any talk that you hear in your circles that maybe there will be a, a horizon where Illinois turns on those shuttered nuclear plants and maybe opens some of the energy now that there's a national call for energy production? Is there a push by any Illinois Republicans even that you hear of to kind of make Illinois great again? Well, I'm not hearing it. I know, I know some downstate Republicans that would be big, big in support of, of uh, you know, opening up some of that energy, uh, you know, all, all sources type of approach. Uh, but, you know, overall, I don't think so. I, I think we're, we're still heading in the wrong direction. Certainly, uh, certainly the current powers, uh, you know, they, they, they don't want to talk about, about what you just said. It's, it's the exact opposite. They, but they have, no, they have no plan, Sean. You know, when, when they were doing this big green energy bill uh, last year, we, kept, we foiled Governor Pritzker's office to find out what plan they had. And they could never send us a plan. They want to redo all of energy in Illinois, you know, and go to 100% renewable in, you know, 2050 or whatever the date is. And yet they could never send us a plan of how that happens, how it rolls out, who's going to do all the investment, nothing. So I think it's just a dream right now. And um, I think it should be pretty scary for people because we don't know how we're going to produce energy 10 years or 15 years down the road, especially in, in the southern part of the state. The northern part of the state might be better taken care of, but not the southern part. From your article, it was $600 million in these pension obligation bonds that was um, in the bill HB 4677. Um, did they just issue the bills? Who bought the bills? And um, how long will it last, to, in your guesstimate? So, so they haven't done that one yet. That, that was going to be that was going to be law, I'm sure, very soon with uh, Governor Pritzker. But cities around the state have been doing it. Uh, Skokie just recently did 176 million dollars, whatever. It's just a big number. But what they did is they they borrowed the money from from you know whatever banks in in the country somewhere, and they're taking all that money and they're stuffing it into the pension plans. So they're making the pension plans, which are which are very very weak and very you know most of them are broke. They're putting all that money in, making the pensioners safe. They can now sleep at night. But now all that debt is owed by taxpayers. So all the Skokie taxpayers are now directly on the hook for paying back that $176 million. So pensioners happy, taxpayers stiffed. And it's, it's, a, it's not a nice situation. It's not a fair situation because you know, every time you look 
this government here in Illinois is always always prioritizing the public sector workers and the unions and leaving the ordinary Illinoisans to pay the bill. And that's why so many people are leaving, Sean. I mean, that's that's the bottom oh, line. Ted, well, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm infuriated by what you just said, because the reality is I've been in the money business, around the money business my whole life. How can you take a loan that funds a pension system and is not anchored by anything other than the future debt to taxpayers as a municipality? I mean, what they've in essence done is obligate and monetize a fraudulent loan. I can't imagine there's a lending institution that says, hey, we need to borrow money because we're going to put it in a pension system. And this is a pension system that was just short of money. And the people are obligated. I mean, I thought that was something only the Federal Reserve in America could do with Congress's helm. This is just a, a municipality, a, a, a nickel and dime municipality that just strapped the, the citizens of Skokie. For a long yeah, see, see now the, the argument would be well, well, the citizens of Skokie were supposed to pay for those pensions anyway over time, but you know the thing was is that everybody was kind of at risk in in, in Illinois, right? The, the pension funds didn't have money, taxpayers are in trouble. But now what what Skokie officials have done is they've they've borrowed a whole bunch of money, made the pensioners all safe, right? They they've funded all that. The pension fund is now almost fully funded, ninety percent funded, so it's it's like in good shape right now, and now. Ordinary people have to like they're they're going to see they're they're they have to have they have to have their taxes raised in order to pay that. It's like and um, it's, politics. It's, you know, nobody's talking about exists and is legal. I mean that's what it is. This this to me is bank fraud. I can't imagine a bank, a lending institution would say okay. Oh, you know all these banks they love this stuff. You know why Illinois is like a bad credit? Like I said, it's got a bad credit score, so it pays really high interest rates. They pay higher interest rates. Yeah, this and, is and a rig game, yeah, and boy. people people love people love the high interest rates in Illinois. Ted Dabrowski. I've still got some interest in property there. You just uh, gave me a great argument to make sure that my wife cooperates and we sell them. Thank you very much, Ted Dabrowski. Thank you, Sean. Take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. See, there's a misnomer, so we're going to gently correct. Steve in his car. Hi, Steve. Hey, how are you? Good, how up, are you? John? Not much, buddy. I'm doing well. Are we still talking pensions? That's cool? Here we are. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, all right. No, well, you know, it's always the people complaining that don't have the pensions complaining about the pensions, but it's kind of, you know, you sign up for uh, a job. I'm a police officer. You sign up for a job. They tell me in 30 years I'm going to get a pension, and I pay my 11% into my pension, and the city obviously a, forgot. This is an argument, right? Stephen. I'm not attacking you. This no, no, the, no, I know. I know, I know we're the, on the same side, know, 100%. Oh, we but. are on the same side, and here's the thing. This is a lie that they want good people to believe in. Now, here's the thing. I wouldn't have a problem with this arrangement if they didn't hide behind the lie. It's not A pension can only exist on a return on investment. So even if you paid your 11% and they paid their 11%, the idea that they could obligate a stipulated number with 3% compound interest cannot exist. The market has been parabolic, Steve, for, for 12 years on fraud, and it still can't live up to the obligation. This is a scheme in order to placate union members and secure votes. This doesn't mean every participant is in on the scheme. They bought it because they're not economists. But you were sold, unfortunately, a lie. And all I want them to do is call it what it is. It's an employment agreement for loyalty at the voter box. That's all it is. And that doesn't mean every policeman, and it doesn't mean every fireman. But this is the way it really breaks down because you could take I could take 40 percent of my income, put it in this system. And unless I have a 401k 
with a net value of $3.8 million, I can't come close to that. So the reality is it's a scam that's perpetrated on both the people who are good people and participants in it, but more importantly, what it does is it secures a corrupt money bundling system. So the people who operate these pensions are paid extremely high, way more than they should be, but they kick 30% to the crime family of Democrats. The banks that sure. loan the money, Fair they enough. get five times the money because they know it's a bad deal, so they're going to charge the people. Who pays it? Not the politicians, not you. Who pays it are the innocent people not in on it. So I don't attack you or the recipients in total. I attack the ones who know it's a scam and still partake in it. I'm not suggesting right. you do, you just, but believe no, me, I hear you. it doesn't exist, brother. It's an employment agreement. Change the words the so, so you don't we, get we the don't even, behind virtue. That's all. Hey, hey we, don't even, we don't even get Social Security. Are you aware of that? Oh, I'm, I'm well aware of it. But yeah. here's the, here's yeah. the other thing. That's nobody a, gets Steve, nobody gets Social Security. That's a Ponzi scheme, too. Right. We could talk about that. You gave me another segment. Steve, stay safe. <laughs> don't get out of the car. And Thanks, don't pull brother. your gun. Well, Thank you. Love you. Love you, man. Love you, too. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, The Answer. I got a lot of clips that I didn't play. Because I wanted to talk about a lot of these topics that are so so corrosive to the quality of life you know when we when we talk about illinois it's not just because i can't stand democrats but there's a there's a major cost to having their corruption in power and to normalizing it that cost is to the honest people it's to all people really um the reality is they're destroying the quality of your life with this kind of corruption and in the same sense they're pitting good people against good people well bad people seem to thrive Right now, police have recovered the car of a 26-year-old pregnant woman who was carjacked in the loop late last night. Police say the woman was walking to her car on Dearborn when two juveniles walked up to her, pulled out handguns, and took her keys. Now, those are the same kind of juveniles. They're charging the taxpayers $28,000 to pretend that they go to school. This is truly a system that feeds on its failure. And it's destructive. It's destructive. So it's going to need a little honesty in it. And I think we can start with the honesty of the problems. It's, it's quite simple to me. Don Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, let me get this straight. You work hard. You do what's right. You don't get in trouble. You start a business. You work two jobs. You pay employees. You pay your taxes. You pay your house off early. And then the person you have to watch out for isn't your competitor, isn't the guy that's going to steal money from you. It's the government. We can and do this I'm out of here, man. I'm done. Taxes, I'm coming down by you. I, I, and, you know, you could come here, and I love that. I want all good people here. And I want Illinoisans to experience a state that fights for you. It's important to understand it's a totally different world. But you still have this. We can do this without raising a penny in taxes on anyone making under $400,000. <laughs> we have to do it. All we have to do is ask the wealthiest Americans among us and major corporations to pay their fair share just a little bit more. This is from a guy who cheated on his taxes. Right. This is from a guy from Delaware. He's a member, his son, his crime family, of over 100 LLCs. They circumvent all the rules. Not to mention you've got representatives who are supposed to be representing the people, all insider trading, all worth tens of millions, all bribed by the money bundlers who lie about pensions so you can have good police officers, good firemen, argue with citizens rather than you know recognize the problem and want to correct it. So I'm this sure is a problem you have to correct. One more thing. 
when a guy calls up and says, you know, we don't get Social Security, well, they don't get that 7.625 taken out of their check every exactly. week either. I, exactly. I'd love that. I'd love that deal. All a scam, Don. All a scam. And you want to know something that, that, that breaks my heart? You know who helped them do all this? Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman helped them do all this. And in there lies the real problem. Thank you, Don. But in there lies the cure. Because all of these actions that you now are coming normal, it's normal to us, it was all supposed to be temporary. I'm telling you, you could break this system apart, but you've got to break it from the first foundation where it was laid. You've got to break it with the law, with the rules. The law is, it's not legal anymore to keep taking our taxes out of our check. Make citizens pay taxes. So they're a little more aware of what it feels like to be a taxpayer rather than just getting used to it stolen from them. Make them understand there is no such thing as Social Security. It's another way of taxing you. There is no fund. There is no bond. There is no insurance plan. It is a taxing system that they hope they never have to pay you, which is why when people pay into it all of their lives and they die right before they collect it, the money just goes poof because it never existed. It's a lie. See, the way to beat a liar is make them admit the truth. You solve all of it. Make them admit the truth. Instead of being distracted by the new lies that come constantly, always right around the corner. As the world struggles with rising energy prices and the U.S. is releasing the largest oil reserves in history, the latest United Nations report on climate change has issued a stark warning. We are on a pathway to global warming of more than doubled 1.5 degree limit agreed in Paris. But lie! You're pulling it out of your foreign moon. It's a lie. All of it's a lie. And that's how you stop it. Make them admit the lie. And you could start by something as obvious as removing the most corrupt president to ever steal, hold the office. By far, unequivocally, not even a question. Even Democrats have to admit it. Oh, I mean, look, there's still a lot of questions uh, about it, right? And about the hard drive, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so it, questions remain. But just because questions remain, as you, as you seem to agree, doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that what's on there is irrelevant. And what's happened now is many in the mainstream media in the last month or two have gone and been able to confirm a lot of what's on there. How? Well, emails involve two sides. Someone sends one, someone receives one. Um, and you can then be able to verify a lot of emails by verifying them with the other people who were involved. And on the most sort of you know, potentially problematic emails on there. This is something that the, you know, the mainstream media should have done um, a, a long time ago because of the issue of using his name. I mean, simple. This is all very simple. And demand these bureaucracies you pay for. Stop being afraid. You pay for the IRS. You pay for the SEC. You pay for the FBI. Forever bothering Italians. Why don't you t demand that they investigate these political pimps and whores? Demand, because remember, who we're dealing with, they're not just absolute and total corrupt scum. They're morons. If you think you might commit sexual assault, always carry a whistle. When you find yourself about to commit sexual assault, blow the whistle until someone else stops you. It's one thing to be extorted and robbed. It's another to be lured into a lie by morons. 312-642-5600. AM 560.
Answer. Alright, we're going to talk a little bit about China. That's the one thing I miss about Trump. I miss the way he said China. The Northwest Suburban Corridor, the GOA Regional Business Association, brings business leaders together to impact our community. Meet up at the GOA's Business Expo the afternoon of Thursday, April 28th in Schaumburg at Wintrust Field. It's free to attend, an opportunity to connect with business leaders in your community. Find all the details at thegoa.com. That's thegoa.com. Find I tell you, I like to find some answers. I still really, really don't like the fact that Pfizer invested in a research and development lab in Wuhan. I don't like it. Don't like it. I don't like the fact that Pickle Face Fauci was funneling money through bagman organizations that seem to be funding the Wuhan lab itself. I don't like the idea we don't talk about it. I mean, we got a lot in the news. There's no question about it. After all, you got an 80-year-old dimwit with wet socks wrecking the country, paying off union thugs and the rest of it. Still got some real questions, real questions. One thing's for sure. You're never going to get answers from the communists. Oh, don't be deceived by their $3,000 silk suits. No, no, no. Those are old-fashioned communist scum, gangsters. They are. They're the government of the Chinese people. See, I was hopeful that capitalism, stoked, embraced in Hong Kong, would be the wedge to break apart the corrupt Chinese Communist Party. I didn't realize how many American politicians these scumbags were bribing. I didn't realize that one of the major, major assets of the communist Chinese government could actually win the White House, but he did. I didn't realize that the complacency of the Americans calling themselves Democrats were all in on the scam or just all too stupid to see it. So when I get news on this communist organization, the most successful con artist, Xi Jinping, or as he's known in my neighborhood, Eleven, I realize that we're not going to get real news unless it comes from foreigners. Foreigners, that got something to lose. You wouldn't be surprised, most of you wouldn't be, to realize Australia doesn't like the Chinese government. They don't like the Chinese government, mainly because they recognize they're liars. So I found this on an Australian news network. And I want to play it for you. Now, Chris, I want to talk to, uh, to something before we get to uh, our, uh, our questions, candidates, and uh, the Solomon Islands. Mm. It's a big story, particularly about China and, and reaching out. But you noticed uh, two big things. One, this has been a long time coming. And two, the local press in the Solomon Islands is now starting to show a bit of a backflip from the government there. Yeah. We know that the pact was aimed at leading to some kind of military base featuring Chinese battleships mm. the chinese they're putting chinese battleships in the solomon islands right by australia while you're being distracted by watching a bribed apparatchik pay off ukraine with your money i mean it's a story there's no question about it but while that's going on the other communist country oligarch run country that bribed joe biden they're advancing their military all around the world embassy in the solomon islands today said this is just a fabrication of colonialists, meaning Australia, because we're scared of, you know, our backyard, etc. And then the Prime Minister of the Solomons said we would never... He came out front page, Solomon's Times today, front page, from a national address saying we would never, ever allow a foreign entity in to have a military base, ever. 
and that Australia is our partner of choice, right? I can't believe the so show these two denials about ever thinking about a military base can be thrown in the garbage. The Chinese are liars. They are liars. And they also own your president. Three, uh, is it really the end of the show? Give me another hour. Talk to Larry Elder. All right, I'll be back tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.